Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. WebmasterRadio.fm presents a show custom built to give you everything you need to build your business on the web. WebmasterRadio.fm presents CEO Coach. From funding to finance, set up the staffing. Our CEO coaches break down the art of business development from the ground up. Now here to get you started are the experts of online business startup, management, and development. The founders of Outlines Venture Group, Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy. Welcome to CEO Coach with me, Jillian Music. I'm the co-founder of Moz and my partner, Ann Kennedy, author of Global Search Engine Marketing. Together, we're serial entrepreneurs. We help companies to launch, grow, pivot, and thrive. You can find out more about what we're up to at outlinesventure.com. So today, Ann, we're going to talk about diversity. What you got in mind here? Well, uh, diversity in the tech industry. This has been a hot topic earlier this year and recently. There have been a couple of reports came out that really skewer some of the fondly held conventional wisdom about the startup scene. And you know how I like to skewer conventional wisdom. (laughs) Indeed, indeed. So it it is kind of a thorny subject. The question is, you know, this chicken and egg thing, you know, why, why do we really not have sufficient diversity inside technology? Why does this kind of, you know, old boys network continue? What's going on there? Well, let's let's have a look at what the reality is. You know, there's reality and then there is conjecture or conventional wisdom. Did I say that again? Goody. Okay. First, (laughs) this caught our eye in Fortune's Daily Broadsheet. And by the way, if our listeners have not yet seen the broadsheet from Fortune, we highly, highly recommend it. It's full of great news, largely around women in tech and women in leadership and women in business, but there is a whole lot more too, as you will see. So here was their headline, female founders outperform their male peers. I remember seeing that. Yes, it came out July 29th and we'll pop a link to that in our Facebook page, right? Facebook.com slash CEO coach podcast for heaven's sake, go in there and go hit the like button. So we know you're alive and you're out there, Uh, but, but go check out this uh, article at fortune. All right. So it came out the 29th of July and we'll pop that link into our Facebook page. So female founders are outperforming their male peers, but female founders are still few and far between, and alliteration pun intended. So (laughs) now what? That's right. Okay, so you remember not too long ago, we talked about Bill Gross at Idea Labs and um, his finding that timing was the key indicator of success for startups. Well, reflection must be in the air now because seed funder First Round Capital released a similar look back. And this was what Fortune was reporting on. The first round, if you don't know, our listeners may not know, they they launched in 2005 to bridge the gap between angel investments and Series A, which was a contrarian idea in VC circles. Man, I love them contrarians. Their Series Seed Surge has been remarkable. They have provided $4 billion in the last four years alone and 200 new companies. 
pretty impressive stuff for a contrarian idea. So in their intro to their first round 10-year project, they observed the following. And I'm going to quote it because it's so beautifully stated. Venture capitalists are constantly telling the entrepreneurs they need to invest in data-driven decisions. But as an industry, we haven't been very good at doing it ourselves. And the reason they say this is they examined 10 years of proprietary information and came up with some real eye-popping stats. So let's go back to the ladies. Ladies first. First Round Capital took a look at 300 of its portfolio companies and almost 600 founders and found that the teams with at least one female founder did 63% better than the all-male founder teams when looking at how much the company values had changed since the firm's investment in them. 63%. That's two-thirds. That's huge. That is absolutely mind-boggling, right. And as I recall, it goes on to say, moreover, First Round noted that three of its top 10 best-performing investments had a female founder, way more than the percentage of women in tech. That's right. There were other factors, too, and I think that they're worth looking at. Among the things that counted a lot in the First Round study were where you went to school. The uh, Ivies. Oh, goody, I went to Columbia. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Let's start a company, Anne. Oh, wait. That's, we oh, wait. We did. <laughs> oh, wait. We've got several. All right. So, yeah. so, again, wait a sec. So the question is, really, is it because of the Ivies? Is it because of the quality of education is so much better there? Is it because you're so much smarter so you get in there? Is it because you have all those other assets, not necessarily attributes, that you did get in there? You had the money to get in there, the parents who understood how to, I don't know, nurture you along through school to get you where you needed to be, and then understood how to fill out all those bloody documents and get you coaches and who knows what else so that you got there. And or is it because once you're there, no matter how you arrived, you have incredible network of old money that goes to these schools? What is it that really makes that an important element? I think it's all of the above. And first round capital did not go into the whys and wherefores, but clearly if you're in such a a hotbed of big thinking and intellectualism and well-funded programs, that that would seem to argue for it. But here's what they found. They found that 38% of their first round companies had at least one founder from a top school. And besides the Ivies, they also mentioned Stanford, MIT, and Caltech for those of us on the West Coast. Let's hear it for the left coast. (laughs) And those companies, those 38% companies performed 220% better than the others. So clearly, for whatever reason, it does matter. And then there's the... I'd say that's worth digging into, in other words. Yeah. What is the relationship still between this old boys network, if you will, of, you know, of founders and so on, and yet those that are top performing and their access to people of influence and people with capital? Indeed. What is that? Okay. And that might actually make an interesting topic for another show if we can get some VCs to come and talk with us about this. Absolutely. And maybe some founders. All right. Okay, next. Then there's the youth thing. Sorry (laughs) to say. First rounders average 32 years of age, but the teams with an average founder 
age of under 25 when they invested the first time perform nearly 30% above the average. Wait a minute, wait. Are you telling me that all the VCs who are looking for repeat founders and really like people who have the experience because that'll really seal the deal and make sure that you're not going to end up with a problem? They're all full of it? Well, not, I know, we we love to say that, wouldn't we? We just love to say that. However, not really, not so much. As far as that goes, they found that the younger people, uh, the companies, when they were younger, when they started and first funded them, did perform better. But they also found, and we'll get to this a little bit later, that repeat performers do get initial valuations that are 50% higher, which may actually connect exactly to what we're saying. Conventional wisdom, old boy network, and these statistics really seem to indicate that that is not the case. Here's one of my favorites. The technical founders can actually be a handicap to a company. The firm found that companies with at least one technical founder underperform non-technical teams by 31%, which kind of says, you know, that it's great technical and uh, founding and good ideas. However, you need to have somebody who knows how to run, a, how to build a business in there. It's it's Absolutely it's about a business, true. right? And and on this one, I keep hearing founders, you know, bemoan the fact that they can't code and they can't do the tech and this and that. The next thing, and yet they seem to build better companies. It really turns out that technology is something you hire, not necessarily something that must be a founder. And those founders who are technologists had better doggone find their business partners, those executors who can ex the plan. So with this, we're going to take a break here at CEO Coach. When we come back, and uh, you can riff on this stuff. Keep on going. Tell us what else is going on that just bursts this bubble of what's likely to make a successful startup and should be funded as opposed to those that do get funded. This is Jillian Music with Ann Kennedy. We'll be right back. More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is authoritylabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is authoritylabs.com. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Welcome to LPO. LPO. Landing page optimization. Landing page optimization expert Tim Ash is here to show you what it takes to create optimal landing pages. LPO brings you detailed case studies, opinions, and analysis from the leaders of landing page optimization. 
LPO, Landing Page Optimization, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the advertising channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. We're back with Julia Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach, only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to CEO Coach. I'm talking with my partner, Ann Kennedy, about funding. Who gets funded? Who doesn't get funded? Why should they get funded? And what really doesn't work? This is wonderful, Ann. Go kill it. What's next? Oh, boy, we could just go on and on. Yeah, we, we're skewering conventional wisdom here. Okay. Yes, we are. So you were talking about technology founders before the break here. Tell us, what's with the technology founder where they, they really don't get along so well? They they underperform. The teams with at least one technology what? founder underperform the non-technical teams by 31%. That's nearly a third. That's pretty significant. So here's another thing about founders that just blew me out of the water. What first round capital found over their 10 year study was solo founders of these companies that are founded by one person with a bright idea. Teams with more than one founder outperformed solo flyers by 163%. Can I say that, that is- number again? Yes, ma'am. 163%. I don't know how to reverse that out to show how poorly the solo flyers did, but what does this mean, Jillian? What do we always say? Every time, find your executor, someone who can execute the plan. We talk about this constantly, Anne, the difference between the visionary, whether they're technologist or not, the visionary and the executor. Somebody's got the idea. They have somehow that vertical knowledge and they understand the holes in the market and they just see this wonderful world with something that doesn't exist today. But they cannot execute on the plan. They usually cannot market themselves out of a wet paper bag. And they cannot structure organizations so that the company grows. It requires a different mindset. And regardless of how you split it up from COO to CEO, from the front face to the back office to whatever it is, figure out who you can work with who can actually execute your plan. Do not delude yourself into thinking you can do it yourself. Because you're going to fail by 163% of what you left on the table. That's right. Right. So do not worry about giving your co-founder some stock. 163% increase is going to really help you out. And that's just average. That's (laughs) right. So here's something about funding. The referrals. Where do VCs get their ideas of companies to fund? You know, the good old buddy network. You know, the, hey, Joe liked this one, so I think I like it too. You know, we hear that over and over again. First Capital went again and looked at the reality of their 10-year experience with their, what was it, 300 companies, 600 founders, and here's, here's what they found out. They found out that the ones that they met through channels like Accelerator Demo Days, Twitter, and so forth, in other words, ones they, they found that way outperformed their network referrals that came to First Capital by 58.4%. Again, significant numbers. This is not just a few points here or there. So what's the deal? Why would you, why would you say go find your own rather than go with the conventional wisdom? And I would say there are two bits in here, Anne. One of them 
is that going to find the new stuff is exactly that, new stuff, right? It, it means that it's not being shopped around to the others, that everybody hasn't massaged it and chewed it, and it hasn't been a decision made by a camel, in other words, a committee. That's it's, the big deal. So here's what they also found, get this, that founders who directly pitched their ideas to first round performed about 23% better. Okay. So, so what's what your that option tell? if you didn't pitch direct to them? What would be the other option? Get in, on their radar through, uh-huh. through all the other things that we talked about. But what I take away is this, don't be afraid to pitch a VC directly. Yeah. You know, I, think, I think there's some conventional wisdom that says, no, nah, you got to network your way in and stuff like that. And what First Round That's is right. saying, wait a minute, guys, here are, the, here are our top performers. That's right. That's right. So if other VCs are now taking, you know, a heads up on this kind of research and looking at it at all, they may be one more interested in hearing you, you know, your, your pitch to pitch, if you will, and more likely to have you come in to pitch. Secondarily, they may be second thinking themselves about whether or not their old boys network is a really good idea for running these pitches around. It's still always a good idea to kind of check in with one's peers. I don't think that's going to go away, and I don't think it should go away. But fresh blood, fresh process, I think it's a really good idea. So, yeah, I'm with Anne. Go out and, and just pitch that VC direct. And to the uh, VC community, we would say ask better questions. Oh, my heavens, yes. You and I have been talking about this for a long time. Asking better questions is a critical piece of what goes on. I believe we are still asking questions about kind of who built the first foundations of the web and thinking that those same questions are going to answer now that we have a foundation of the web, how shall we build better ways to live and work together? They are different questions. They're different problems being solved. We are at a different stage of the existence of the system, the culture, the humanity, and you know the politics of the planet. I would say ask better questions. So, yeah, and, yes. and remember, the web as we know it is now uh, more than 20 years old. And in web years, how old is that? Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. A thousand years. Exactly. Yeah, you know, it's been Web pretty time well. Web fast, folks. <laughs> so, so here's another little bit that is kind of related to what we were saying about conventional wisdom and how the venture capitalists approach something. The brand name experience does have a halo effect. If you've worked at Facebook, Google, Microsoft, Apple, your investors will pay more for, for experience. And repeat performers get initial valuations that are 50% higher. So... Uh, there, that indicates to me there's less willingness to take a risk on something new, which may be part of the problem. Here's another little interesting tidbit. Do you have to live in a big tech hub? Now, we've bounced this idea mm-hmm. back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. So if, among first round samples, they found that the startups mm-hmm. outside the Bay Area and New York are doing 1.3% better than their peers in Silicon Valley and Silicon Alley. Now, that's not a lot, which says to me if you turn that around yeah you turn that around you say okay you can succeed outside those big centers there are of course issues with access to talent things like that 
but mm-hmm. it is possible to succeed so in, I, in other places. Yeah, I would say access to talent comes with being built in an hospitable environment. If you have an area with a good quality of life, you know, I don't know, either good weather or low cost of housing or interesting terrain, you know, close to skiing, who knows what, these kind of life quality factors, you're going to find that the talent will move to you or has moved to you already. If you're trying to build it in a place that is somehow physically miserable in terms of quality of life, perhaps extremely high cost of living, low quality of, I don't know, enjoyment of the area unless one is very wealthy or some such thing, and so on, it makes it more difficult to be a startup where you cannot pay very high salaries and so on, and people cannot enjoy the place. If you find that the people you want to have work with you might be young families or have young families, then again, you want that kind of hospitable environment. So look around at the living factors in order to find your talent and then go invite people to move. You'd be amazed how many people will move out of places like New York, Silicon Valley, Boston, who knows what, for all kinds of reasons. Again, family reasons, health reasons, quality of life reasons for weather, for sport, for whatever it is. And it doesn't just mean you need something that's, you know, nice and warm and sunny. Some people love it when it's, you know, snowy and they can go skiing. So figure it out and go ask those people to join you. It's possible. What's next, Dan? Well, we see a lot about women and increased revenue, returns, and valuations, but what about blacks, Native Americans, Indians, Hispanic, black women, (gasps) black women, African-American women? Wow, has nobody heard of Xerox? Anyway, could it be there are so few except for the Asians that are founders because there's no real data yet? It seems like that might really be the case, which is kind of a difficult statement about Silicon Valley. Right. We've only got a minute here, but we should be looking again more deeply at that kind of a subject. Is it because people of color don't have access to, again, the assets, not just the attributes, that's, you know, the the things that are part of them, but rather the assets? Again, people who will promote them, put them forwards in schools, provide them with capital to go to, you know, excellent summer camps to learn, you know, extra bits and so on. Is it access to the kind of assets that others have that make them not available to the market pool? Or is it that they are highly qualified, already out and graduated, and not being hired or not being asked to join? Those are two very different problems. So Fortune magazine recently released uh, quite a research study describing just that very sorry state of diversity in tech. And let's talk about that when we come back after a break. Sounds great. We're going to take a break here at CEO Coach. When we come back, we're going to wrap up with this discussion of diversity in Silicon Valley and beyond. This is Jillian Music with Ann Kennedy. We'll be right back. More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. 
InternetMarketingNinjas.com is the online dojo of the highly trained and skilled Internet Marketing Ninjas. Disavow documents, reconsideration requests, panda and penguin penalties. Let our superior SEO ninjas confront all of your link-related issues. The Internet Marketing Ninjas are equipped to master any marketing exercise, content creation, authorship, link building, PPC, and more. Plus, build more buzz for your brand with our social media marketing strategy. Discover all that the Internet Marketing Ninjas can do for you. Visit the online dojo now at internetmarketingninjas.com. Done. This is perfect. What is? My mobile website. Hey, Steven, this is cool. Hashtag Y-S-D-E-T-M-W-A. What? You should definitely enter the Mobile Web Awards. The Web Marketing Association is having their fourth annual Mobile Web Awards. Hashtag HTML, hashtag CSS. You mean hypertext markup language and cascading style sheets? No. Hey, they might like it. LOL. I'll head over there now. Deadline for entries is October 9th, 2015. Head over to www.mobile-webaward.org. Enter for your chance to be recognized. We're back with Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach, only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to CEO Coach. Ann and I are talking about diversity in founders and diversities in startups. Uh, so, Ann, what's the wrap-up here? Well, as we've been talking about, First Capital produced some interesting results when reviewing the companies they funded regarding diversity, in particular women-founded companies. Then... Even more recently, Pinterest announced it was going to publish its diversity hiring goals for 2016. Oh, wait, 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 wait. That was LinkedIn, wasn't it? No, it was Pinterest that got this ball rolling. Evan Sharp. Look at that. Pinterest. Pinterest yeah. of all. Yeah, yeah Link- LinkedIn is in the study, so hang in there. In a blog post, Evan Sharp noted the little progress in hiring women and minorities by big tech. He said, because quote, companies haven't stated specific goals, end Mm -hmm. quote. Well, okay, you know, maybe. Don't state a goal, you can't reach it. How interesting. That that is true. So Pinterest announced that it would bring new hires of full-time engineering roles to, hang on to your hat, 30% female and 8% minorities. Interesting. That seems like a fairly low number. Yeah, exactamente. Mm -hmm. And bring non-engineering new hires up to 12% of the underrepresented ethnic minorities. Also Mm -hmm. a low number. And this is the goal. I mean, really? Really? Come on, people. What's startling, said Fortune, is that those low numbers would actually represent progress. When they compared companies' latest 214 employee data to their numbers from 213, they couldn't get a complete set yet for 215, obviously. Fortune found that Facebook, Microsoft, Hewlett-Packard all increased their percentage of women by less than 1%. Ouch. Yeah. Now, remember, there's another figure floating out there about how many women, more women are graduating from college than men, you know. Anyway, Uh three of the companies analyzed, Google, Cisco, and Intel, actually saw their percentage of female workers shrink. And that was reported by Kristen Bellstrom of Fortune, who, by the way, also is the curator of the broadsheet. Just give them another plug. So Fortune's analysis further found that, and I'm quoting here, 
On average, women comprise about one-third of the workforce at the nine tech companies surveyed by Fortune. The gap widens even further as you go up the ladder. Even at top-scoring Airbnb, with the closest to gender par of all the companies, women hold only 29% of leadership jobs, despite how many women are in their lower ranks. 29%. 29%. Okay. Now, so the results are slightly less depressing when you look at the change in minority workforces. But still, nothing to celebrate. The best performer, LinkedIn, went from 44% non-white employees in 2013 to nearly 49% in 2014. Woohoo! Mm-hmm. Right? Okay, so LinkedIn at least made some progress. Yes, they did. And Fortune noted, as with gender diversity, the percentages of non-white employees drop even further when you zero in on company leadership. Airbnb, which scored higher than the other firms in gender diversity, drops to the bottom when you look at the leader's ethnicity. So we have a long way to go, folks. Not good news this time at CEO Coach, but I think that at some point we have to look at the solutions. So in terms of solutions, some of it has to do with being supportive of the school systems themselves. Some of it is looking for people of color and people with gender diversity for things like internships and making an effort there. And some of it would have to do with, again, community outreach and being a welcoming environment. So community outreach means you do go to find students in schools that don't necessarily have Ivy League pedigree. And you do see who's out there that has potential and invite them to become part of the company. Number two would be around making the company itself a gender-friendly and multiple ethnicity-friendly environment. And that's a difficult thing. That is not about being politically correct in what language you use and silly stuff like that. That is truly about promoting for uh, quality of work and ability, about providing offers of leadership opportunities to everyone and making sure that you are not playing games around it, right? Being mindful and peeling away the layers of this, you know, soft gauze that lets us think that technology is more fair and flat-based than we would have thought. So some very stark learnings, I think, as we begin to take a look, this self-reflection of the technology industry, if you will. It's been interesting. It's very interesting. And we're going to put these links on our Facebook page. And I really encourage people to share these links with their peers, because a lot of the things that these studies have uncovered are really, really surprising. So that's it for this Monday morning at CEO Coach. We'd like to thank our producers at webmasterradio.fm for their continuing support. You can download these shows through webmasterradio.fm, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitchers, and so many other places around the web. You can find links and more on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash podcast. Stop by, hope you hit that like button so we know you're out there. You can tell us what you'd like to hear on CEO Coach, and we'll try to fulfill those needs. Thanks for joining us. I'm Jillian Music with Ann Kennedy. You can find out more about how we help companies to launch, grow, pivot, and thrive at outlinedventure.com. Till next week.
The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 